Hey friends, we're back with another episode and today we're going to get crazy on the podcast. We're going to get crazy in the studio. We're going to ask the question. Maybe you've never asked this before. Maybe you've heard of this guy and maybe you love him and maybe you grew up like I did. Oh my gosh, watching Bill Nye, the science guy. But I'm going to ask the question today is, is our beloved Bill Nye, has he actually become an agent of Satan? Wow. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm going for it. We're going to talk about it, and without any further ado, here we go. Okay, so we are, uh, we're going to jump right into things today, and uh, you know, it's a topic I think that's really, really important. And so I, I brought some really important people with me in studio today. Uh, super excited to have these guys with us here. So I'll introduce the uh, first the guy sitting in the co-host chair. That is the one and only Nick Nolfi. Nick Nolfi. There he is. What's going on, everybody? Of course, I made both of these guys some espresso before we started. He, he is the ho- the host, the host, not the co-host, but the host of the Catholic OCD podcast. You can check that out on YouTube and uh, lots of cool videos there, man. Some of those showcase yours truly. Yeah. If you want to find out more about me, look at the Catholic OCD podcast on YouTube, or you can just type in www.loser.com and you'll see a picture of me. <laughs> so, and uh, the guy in the guest chair today is Drew Carchetti. Now, Drew is actually starting a podcast as well. Um, and I, I is the first episode live yet or no? So the first episode is live, although YouTube took it down. I didn't <laughs> Some of our arrangements that we had laid out, yeah. Uh, but we're on uh, the Godly Patriot is on YouTube, Rumble. Uh, got a Getter account too. Getter's awesome. Yeah, you got to tell awesome me about Getter. Alternative man. platform. To, Go get her. Uh, Twitter. Get so, her done. Yeah, yeah, get her done is that's right. A, that's my singles advice. Go get her. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, hopefully this is I mean, a good thing. You put me in the big comfy couch. Here yeah, because man. With the, without the espresso. Yeah, yeah, man. Be on the wall. Yeah, I love it. Tell you what, man. We got some. Uh, you know, the Nolfi name. Carchetti yeah, or Carcady. You know, my, uh, my, so my, my mother's uh, uh, grandfather, so, you know, the, the, the maiden name, whatever you call it, is Silvestri. Silvestri. You know, what go. do you think about that? Silvestri Stallone. With some, with some mob ties. There is know. some nice. ethnic blood in this room right now. But, you know, so we all wear black today, right? That's right. <coughs> yeah. A lot of Italians, we that like is wearing black. We did. Yeah. We did Especially all wear Sunday, right? morbid. We did all wear right. black. We're morbid people. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to jump right at the topic, and, uh, you know, we've got uh, the Catholic OCD broadcast, we've got the uh, uh, Godly Patriot, which is more of a kind of a political thing, right. super cool, right. uh, love it, and uh, I, I was on your first episode as well, Drew, so love to have the other uh, podcasters from the studio here in studio with me today to talk about this, and uh, it's going to be kind of interesting, because um, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I grew up with Bill Nye, the science guy, I grew up watching him, uh, you know, and just, I I have fond memories of of watching him when I was a young man. So it like now that I've, you know, kind of, uh, became a Christian when I was a teenager and my late teenage years and young adulthood kind of on fire for the Lord Jesus. Um, and, and then I, you know, started looking at the Bible, studying the Bible. I went to seminary. I, uh, was open to different viewpoints. Um, I, and I think we always ought to be open um, to discussing different points of view. However, um, for a, a plethora of reasons, I, I've kind of, as a Christian, as a pastor of many years, I've settled on a literal interpretation of Genesis, and I'll explain some of that here in the context of this episode. Um, and having said that, uh, that has really caused, uh, in recent years especially, Bill Nye to kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth uh, for different interchanges I've seen of him in sort of like situations with young earth creationists or, or political statements that he's made, Drew. Yeah. I know that you're aware of some of those. He certainly has a ton of influence, yeah. and he crosses the Rubicon on some political issues a lot of times. Yeah, so. with opinion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. so 
so having said all that, I wanted to kind of touch base on this, this uh, I guess, evolution issue. But again, I'm a pastor, and uh, I should give a quick shout out too today to Don, who's not with me. And if, if you notice the cool new merch with Don's, <laughs> so Don isn't in studio, but Don is, uh, he is in studio with us today. So th- this actually, um, you can... Uh, Don. You can get one of these. Leave us a message if you'd like to order one. I'll make them available on my website. It's PastorAJ.com. Uh, soon, they'll be available. Uh, but uh, fantastic shirt. It's got Romans 116 on the back. Uh, super cool. Don, so sorry. He's, he's actually recovering from a dog attack. Man, really? What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. He got he got hit by a dog, man. It was pretty pretty serious. Uh, his, hit by a dog or like attacked by a dog? <laughs> a dog bit him on the hand. What kind of dog? Demon spawn. Yeah, I, I don't know because I uh, his he was fixing something at his sister's house, and I guess the dog, a friendly dog that they've known for many years, has just just been apparently him, so, not that yeah. friendly. Yep. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, Don, so we're praying for your recovery, brother. Hope you're feeling better, and um, and so I, I want to show you a couple of scriptures that I think kind of sh- just describe what the Bible teaches in regard to, um, basically in regard to creation, in regard to the Bible. There are different outlooks on this. Um, I, however, it's I'm of the opinion that the ancient writers of Scripture did not take the Bible metaphorically. When it says, in the beginning, God created, it says that God said, let there be light. It says God created in six literal days. And yeah, the sun hadn't been created yet, but God gave his light and he you know, operated in a certain order of time. I even know young earth creationists who take sort of different stances saying that before the sun was there, you know, maybe that leaves room for interpretation. I don't know. Uh, But you have a community of people today who are trying to say that the Bible, uh, you know, might not be of a literal nature in some of these things. And I I basically want to say I I respect you if you don't hold the opinion I do, but I want to give my two cents for uh, why this is important, especially why it's important for our young people and how it influences us, like in the school systems and everywhere else, how it impacts other areas of culture. This specific issue, yes, this issue of evolution, of creation, and why we should not doubt God's word when it says something. So here we have Hebrews chapter 11. Um, We read these words, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world and became heir of the righteousness. That is in keeping with faith, okay? So now, the Bible uh, gives us its own description of, of events and, and um, what we would call or, our origins, in terms of how God created ex nihilo, that's a that's Latin Nick for oh, yeah. out, of, out nothing, of nothing, right? And God created out of nothing. So God created, God spoke, and the creation came into uh, existence. And so we see that here in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So God spoke, and it was created. Now, this stands in stark contrast to, uh, I guess, sort of purposeless, uh, atheistic evolutionary theory, which would be that things just happened. You know, uh, there's there's even some people who, who've delved into multiverse theory uh, just for different reasons today to try to explain why this creation exists the way it does because the chances are so minuscule that it exists the way that it does, that life is the way that it is here. You know, different, just different little things like the fact that we have a moon that creates a, uh, gives us ocean tides and ocean currents that help keep life vibrant on the earth. The fact that we're right where we are in relation to the sun. If we were further away, we'd freeze. If we were closer, we'd fry. Okay, just a couple little tidbits of information there. But like, basically God created all of that. This idea of ex nihilo stands in stark contrast to basically this idea that we were formed by chance, that things happened just on their own, okay? But I, I don't want to stop there. I want to keep going down the path that it wasn't just this issue of did God create, but how and when did God create? Because there's people that look at the rock layers, and they want to say, oh, there's dinosaur skeletons down there, and there are. There's different things that we find in the rock layers, and we use these different dating systems to add dates of millions and billions of years. Uh, Therefore, God created, okay, 
but he did it over millions of years. Some of this stuff actually stands in stark contrast to Scripture. It stands in stark contrast to, uh, you've got theological issues when you embrace evolution, for example. If you want to be a Christian and embrace evolution, I can't stop you. All I'm saying is that you've got a theological problem now because you've got death existing before sin. That's a problem. That's a problem. And so I just kind of want to go down the gambit today, talk a little bit about Bill Nye and uh, some of the issues that I've seen going on with him. So Bill Nye, unfortunately, does have a, an issue uh, with creationists. So here's, here's his issue. Denial of evolution is unique to the United States. I mean, we are the world's most advanced technological. So, I mean, you could say Japan. But generally, the United States is where most of the innovation still happens. People still move to the United States. Uh, and that's largely because of the intellectual capital we have, the, the general understanding of science. When you have a portion of the population that doesn't believe in that, it holds everybody back, really. Evolution is the fundamental idea in all of life science, in all of biology. It's like, it's very much analogous to trying to do geology without believing in tectonic plates. You're just not going to get the right answer. Your whole world is just going to be a mystery instead of an exciting place. As my old professor Carl Sagan said, when you're in love, you want to tell the world. So once in a while I get people that really, or that claim they don't believe in evolution. And my response generally is, well, why not? Really, why not? Your world just becomes fantastically complicated when you don't believe in evolution. I mean, you, here are these ancient dinosaur bones or fossils. Here is um, radioactivity. Here are distant stars that are just like the, our star, but that are at a different point in their life cycle. The idea of deep time of this of billions of years uh, explains so much of the world around us. If you try to ignore that, your, your worldview just becomes crazy. It just... Uh, Untenable, itself inconsistent. Crazy, man. And I say to the grown-ups, if you want to deny evolution and live in your in your uh, world that's completely inconsistent with everything we observe in the universe, that's fine. But don't make your kids do it because we need them. We need scientifically literate voters and taxpayers for the future. We need people that can. uh, We need engineers that can build stuff, solve problems. These, it's just really hard thing. It's it's really a hard thing, you know. In another couple centuries, though, that worldview I'm sure will be it just won't exist. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I kind of feel the other way around. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like in a couple centuries his worldview won't exist. Uh, that that's kind of how I feel about it. But I mean, just any thoughts on that in general, guys? As you see, his uh, I guess basically like his concern. His concern that that kids aren't taught evolution and that this is in some way good for them. Nick, I know you had something that you wanted to share. Well, so one of the things I want to touch on is going back when you were talking about how God creates the world ex nihilo. Okay. What does that mean and, and why is this important? Yeah. When you think of something that exists, you know, close your mind or close your eyes and you think of anything that exists. What we're going to think of is something from the material realm. Right. Something made up of matter. What we have to understand is God, when he creates, is not himself made up of matter. God is yeah, spirit. spirit. Right. Okay? Right. This is obviously before the incarnation. So when we're saying that God creates ex nihilo, what we're saying is God doesn't take matter from over here and matter from over here, and then he creates the universe out of this. We're actually saying no matter exists. There is no there's nothing. There's, there's nothing. There's, there's not only is there no matter. There's no laws of physics either, because God created the laws of physics, time and space, which time it's spoken. Yeah, they're they're into they're, existence. They're recognizing now that time is actually connected to space, so they call it space time now. They don't just call it time or space anymore. And I would say time. this, like I. You know, I'm more of a, um, you know, at-home theologian than I yeah. am a, a, a scientist. But 
when you watch debates, um, even if you watch a debate on atheism versus um, Richard um, Dawkins versus Cardinal uh, uh, Pell, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, who yeah, just yeah, died, yeah. that was a fun. You'll one. see that when were the atheistic idea of creation outside of the realm of intelligent design comes into um, its weakest understanding. Where are you going to see the Achilles heel of an atheistic understanding of uh, evolution? Yeah. Is when you actually have to get to the point of no material realm to some sort of matter exist. Yeah. And that's the impossible <laughs> thing that's proven from science. The other thing... So that's where they come up with multiverse theory today. You know, that's yeah. that's one of the reasons, because they realize it's so impossible, it's impossible. that there's just so many options that zero eventually you're going to find zero. a universe, our universe, where yeah. it's going to be. You know, that's the other issue the absurdity. with what he's saying. And I admit, like, growing up, I wasn't so much a nigh guy. I was more like my scientific experimental thing came from macgyver you know <laughs> so which i'll tell you what My like guy. you're you're tied up with a bomb attached to you and you're in a a, a plane that's yeah. crashing you, you, you don't, don't want, want bill, bill nye, nye. No. no you want macgyver <laughs> give me some bubble gum i like and duct that tape. i like that i like that so so, so I, I feel like like basically what happened to me is now i started getting into this maybe about 10 years ago really kind of deep into it i actually went to the ark encounter um you know, I've, I've shared with my audience too, like, uh, the, the, you've got the, the Noah's Ark exhibit, I mean, out in Turkey, basically at Mount Ararat in Turkey, you know, which is a potential landing site for, uh, Noah's Ark. There's a very interesting location there that was discovered by Ron Wyatt and so on. Um, but like, you know, I've kind of gotten into some of this stuff. I watched some of these creationist, you know, shows and things and, and done a lot of my own research. There's good reason why I believe what I believe, scientific reason, but what I've come to discover with some of these guys is that they're really focused more on their own religion, establishing their own religion. If it's it's, it's just mo modern science has just become sort of a neo-paganism and an excuse to allow people to do whatever they want to do in the culture. My concern as a parent is teaching these things to our kids, that they're just an animal, that there's no moral guiding compass. Absolutely. That the Bible right. isn't true or that, right. well, the Bible might be true on some of these things, but, but maybe not. There's scientific reasons I believe that what I believe, and I'll kind of cover those in a second, but I wanted to show you another clip. This kind of just kind of embodies what sort of started to turn me off with Bill Nye. He, he toured the Ark Encounter with Ken Ham, and I just felt like he was a little bit of a jerk. Before uh, you're about to play a clip. Go ahead, man. So what I always try to do is I try to look at messaging like that. And I try to look at it through the lens of, you know, some, some type of political lens. Yeah. Right. Now, I, I think that video is some years old, correct? Yeah. That, okay. It had, I think, 2 million hits on that video. Yeah. And, and by the way, I think his new show, uh, Bill Nye Saves the World, I, th I think that's bombing. I'm going to show a clip from that as well. Yeah. And I, th so. I think that's bombing yeah. too. So you had mentioned uh, multiverse and, and space time. And, and it is the, the, the goal of whoever's funding these, uh, these programs and stuff to drive that wedge between the unexplainable faith, right? Yeah. And to whatever type of messaging that they, that, that, that they would like to produce to, to take families away from that. Yeah. So, oh, uh, 100%. You know, you definitely see those, uh, there's a spiritual element to this, you know, right. and that, that's what I think. And that's really my point. But I, but I really, I want to showcase a person, a human being that I think has become a total buffoon mm -hmm. in our culture. And I want to show you why. But this is his little encounter with uh, at Noah's Ark with Ken Ham. It's, like it's a little excerpt from it. Or, or yeah, it's a silver card. Yeah. Your claim is that yeah. a family built this enclosure mm -hmm. for ancient sauropods. For, for each kind and of land animal. the sauropods disappeared. For each kind of land. Oh, lots of animals have disappeared. I mean, that's why we have endangered but species. But it happened in the last 4,000 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Would you allow someone to teach the possibility that God created them in the public schools? No, okay. not in science class. <laughs> in religion class, it's history class, philosophy but, class, but that's not science. But you said your belief was everything happened by natural processes, and they're teaching that religion in the science class. Well, you're calling it a religion. Yeah, you're it is. You're calling it the process of science. No, no, but it is a religion. So you can teach... It's a belief. Teach your worldview in a different it, class, but not in science class. 
You must admit, these are quite exquisite exhibits, right? They're very troubling. Yeah, they're, but they're beautifully done, aren't they? I guess. Would there be room in Noah's Ark for Bill Nye's Adam's apple? <laughs> That's the real question. What about his jerky attitude? And right. was his Adam's apple they ought to ship it the fruit that damned Adam and Put him on Noah's Ark and, you know, ship him across the, the world somewhere. I don't know. Sink it. But, like, I, here's the thing. is like I just felt like you could see it a little bit there. I felt like he was a little bit of a jerk, personally. Sure. Look, I, but I just feel like he can't even look at the Ark and go, okay, it, it, good job. He can't even say yeah. that. I've seen him in other instances, in, and maybe Drew, you've seen this too, because it ties to the political thing with you know masks and things like that. He right. went on this tirade where he was screaming about that, about people not wearing masks, and uh, and there's a couple other instances where I just I thought in debates uh, where I've seen him or I've seen him give little quips about creation. I think you could go back to the first video I played. Him, him basically demeaning. Me, I'm an educated person. To my knowledge, I'm more educated than you, Bill. I got a doctoral degree. I wonder yes, how it's much, in theology. I wonder how much Bill and I is getting funded for this propaganda. Because that's what it really is. It's yeah, propaganda. It's totally propaganda. To yeah, 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 yeah. He so, seethes with rage on these videos. Yeah. You could de definitely tell. So, like, I, you know, so I, I've just seen these different interchanges of him where I feel like uh, he's basically demeaning toward people who believe... God created the world in six literal days. I'm one of those. I have scientific reasons for that. I'm going to show in a couple of minutes why I think what he's doing is actually a, a, a faith step. Evolution is a faith step. It's not locked down, proven science. It's not, it's not, it's not. And I'm going to show you right now why it's not. I'm going to show you why it's not. But I just want to point out that this guy who's accusing people of not being open-minded, of not teaching creation science at least alongside evolution at least as an option in public schools and why that's censoring why that's taking god out why that's not you know gi giving platform and an opportunity for uh, for god to speak in our in our I'll schools tell you, today you know the the dangerous thing that he said in his in the first video that i really don't like is when he was basically saying like listen if you basically believe you know god created all this you know that's fine. Yeah, but but don't don't teach your your, your kids. kids. Right. And How about Bill? You let me decide what I'm going to do with my kid. Okay. And he's How about saying, that? He's saying. Tell me what to do as a parent. That we're basically like creationists are holding back society. Yeah, yeah. If you guys, which is a, a huge that's wrong. It's like, a, not only a misconception; it's not true. Faith based religion in, in particular christianity the judeo-christian ethic through europe through the enlightenment all that stuff brought about a lot of the stuff we understand and have today in the scientific method so it's not true right not only is it is it misguided it's just it's just not true well, i mean the big bang was even you know discovered by jesuit priest but what he said about holding back the, the success yeah. or the process of evolution. It reminds me of, remember that lady in uh, Man of Steel? <laughs> remember Man of oh. Steel, yes, Superman? Yes, yes. Remember she's like... Feora, yeah. And her yeah. whole thing is like, how do we kill all these yeah. humans? Because if, she says, if history yeah. has taught us anything... Evolution. Evolution always wins. Yeah. And what he's saying, it sounds like, oh, he's so scientific, he's, he's so smart. What he's saying is... Some he's rhetoric, like our general Zod. They like Hitler yes. was saying the same thing. Like you can the way evolution works from an atheistic point of view. Yeah, is survival of the fittest. Yes, and listen, if you kill off, if you go to Akron children, like hospital, this just goes you, against the biblical yeah. ethic of love, just a little right. bit. If you wipe just out everybody bit. that's sick, people that have cancer, people who were born with genetic uh, defects, a handicap, like this is the idea of yeah. how you make, and this is. This yeah. is what progress. So, so, so Bill, Bill, this is progress? your ideology, Bill, is dangerous. I guarantee it's dangerous. you. I guarantee you, he's hip with eugenicist programs. Oh, I mean, he definitely seems like the, he sounds like every single philosophy of today's philosophy, yeah, super uh, liberal. Uh, well, yeah, every professor person. that I've known, yeah, you know that. Yeah, I had a lot of political. He would. We know to, more than you. You know, right. we know more than you. You just need to shut up and listen to he us. He would and, try to kill Superman if yeah. he had the chance. That's. <laughs> 
he probably has he, he probably, probably has Nietzsche, book, Nietzsche books in his yeah uh, yeah yeah in his Adam's apple right that's where he's squirreling them away <laughs> the Uber winch. yeah that's it mm-hmm. oh, that's I love it, it man. I love it. So, okay, there, there you have it. But if you think that's it, if you think that's just kind of the end of it, it's not. Check this one out. This is kind of the, I would say, the fruit and why I'm asking the question is, has Bill Nye just become an agent of Satan? That's DNA. Yes. DNA. This is Bill, Bill Nye. Right there. Then and now. DNA. <laughs> right. DNA. Uh-huh. Yes. So this is him then. Genes are stored in parts How of we remember him. called chromosomes. They look like this. You know, not bad. I mean... Chromosomes contain all of the genetic information, all of the instructions you need to make a person. Genes have a lot of information, and sometimes the information gets jumbled up. Take a look at this. So, you guys, seriously, this next now this is him now. is very special. This is a cool This is from Saves the World. Yeah. Uh, you know this woman from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Please give it up for Rachel Bloom. <laughs> This world of ours is full of choice, but must I choose between only John or Joyce? All my options only, hard or moist. My vagina has its own voice. Everyone of yourselves has 46 chromosomes. Cause my sex junk is so oh, 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 much more than either. Oh, oh, oh. Genes determine a lot of different things, like what color your eyes are, or how long your toes are. Or even your sense of humor probably comes from your genes. That's the dog that bit Don. Demon dog. DNA there it is. is a molecule containing the genetic message, the blueprint for future generations. Cause my sex junk is so oh, oh, oh. The blueprint for future generations. Okay, so I don't need to belabor the point anymore, I don't think. But I, I, what, what I want to do is I want to take a couple minutes. You can see how this has gone just totally awry. Drew, you wanted to say something. And then I want to kind of give everybody scientific reasons why evolution isn't true. So I'm, I'm so glad you asked me on this podcast today because we, we've done some other, you know, even on the Godly Patriot and, and, and another podcast too, we've talked about this, this transhuman agenda, right? Yeah. So if, if you could get probably the CIA-funded uh, scientists out here to push the propaganda and convince people that, hey, really, there is no difference between, and this even ties into the Adam and Eve story, if there is no difference between a man and a woman, right, then, then what does what does the human uh, body uh, represent, right? So th- they they need this as the nail to to you know hammer down on transhumanism because use it with transsexuality, right, yeah. To uh, to kind of spearhead that momentum. I just want to give you a real quick review. This is uh th- this is reviews on uh, Bill and I saves the world. Yeah, very, very educational stuff, by the way, on Saves the World there. This I mean, a, this is I one think of his he's one star. His reviews are the horrible. The pendulum's kind of swung the other way on Nye. Right. I mean, it's like, I, at first I thought he was a jerk. Now I think the guy's just straight up satanic. Yeah, that video may, may or may not ruin my Lent. So Bill Nye, used to be one, <laughs> Bill, Bill Nye used to be one of my favorite guys growing up. But this is coming from somebody. You, you, you know what, You know what, Jake? I got to tell you this before you start. I gotta, you, know, you know, my son told me that the kids say in school, they say, Bill Nye, your mom's a guy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Go ahead. Right? <laughs> Uh, this is this is coming from somebody who was a true follower of Bill Nye growing up. It's sad to see him sh- that do shows that are such garbage. It's political, biased, and missing something. Oh, that would be the science. The <laughs> the, uh, the worst one that I watched was the guy trashing on races. He would yell out, "White people, stop doing this! Asians, stop doing that!" I thought we were past this race card, or. Does it only apply to one group? How about getting back to the facts, the science, and leaving out the politics? Yeah. I mean, that, that really sums it up, Drew. I, that really sums it up. So I, what I want to do, because, you know, we only have a certain amount of time on the podcast here, is I, I, I try to devote, like, one episode, every single series I do to this topic, because it's something that I'm passionate about, and, you know, I've studied it for a lot of years. So, uh, so I want to tell you why I think, why I think evolution is hot garbage, more hot garbage than that stupid bow tie Bill Nye is wearing. More hot garbage than the rude and judgmental attitude he promotes toward people who don't believe the same way that he does. And yes, what he has is a belief. Yes. More hot garbage than that. More hot garbage than Bill Nye 
himself. The first thing is geology, okay? Because now a lot of people, I don't know if you all realize this, but a lot of people believe in evolution. They say because of geology. They say because they find really old bones in the ground. That's what they say. Well, I want to talk a little bit about geology right now and give you a little bit of a geological lesson, okay? So this is why I think evolution isn't true. When you look at the geology, now I'm showing you a picture of what's called Monument Valley out there in the West, the American West. And in Monument Valley, I think you see no clearer, no clearer proof of what we call flood geology Mm. than that. What do you think carved all that stuff? What left all those pillars standing straight up in the air? And what kind of rock is it made out of? Anybody want to take a stab at that? What kind of rock is that? Is that granite? Is it all, the, all that material, all that material there, what kind of rock is it? Is it granite? Is it igneous rock? There is a little bit of igneous rock mixed in there, of course. When the world was flooded, there was a lot of volcanic activity. But what kind of rock is it? What kind of rock do you think that is there, Nick? I don't know. You don't know. Come on, man. Do you know what kind of rock that is? Uh, I'm going to go with sedimentary. Yes, it's sedimentary rock. Only because my daughter's studying it right now. And so now you can tell her that all these rock layers in the Grand Canyon, it's rock layers laid down by water. And then when the water was draining out, it did that. Mm -hmm. It did that. These are the kind of rock layers you find dinosaur skeletons in. Right. You find them in sedimentary rock layers. The idea of fossilization as a whole is dependent upon rapid burial. Because when something dies, we don't find a skeleton. It gets picked by carnivores. It, it gets you know carried away to wherever it's going, whatever happens to it. The wind takes it away. But when something is fossilized, that means it was buried rapidly by water. So what do you have here in Monument Valley and all over the world? You have similar rock layers all over the world. And the scientists have created names for these different layers, you know, the Mesozoic or the Jurassic or whatever. They've attributed ages and years, but maybe this, maybe, I'm just throwing this out there, Nick. Maybe th- this, these different rock layers are different stages of a global catastrophic flood. Okay, something I'm going to inter- maybe introduce to the audience for the first time here. Maybe this is the first time you've heard it. I didn't come up with this word catastrophic plate tectonics. In other words, it happened all at once. And I think when you look at the rock layers, I think it's much, it, it's much more indicative of what you would see with catastrophe, catastrophic plate tectonics. I don't know if you realize this, uh, Drew. I don't know if you realize this, but the, the evolutionists actually believe in six global, up to, say, they don't know how many, six global floods. Did you know that? No. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, how else did all that material get there? Because it's, it, we look at the Grand Canyon, it's not just that it was carved out by something, by right. water. It's that it had to be deposited there. All that, how did all that freaking, that's a lot of material. You go to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you look up, that's a lot right. of material. How did the material get there? How did those bones get there? They got there by water. And evolutionists will even admit, I, I, I got a great montage of this uh, that, that I aired in another video where all these evolutionists saying, oh, this dinosaur was buried by water. This dinosaur died in a flood. This, these, right? All this stuff going on there and that kind of thing happening. So in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of other people who are actually educated scientists, PhDs, doctorate in stuff like geology, in the sciences, they believe the same thing that I'm saying. I'm not alone here. So the geology, in my humble opinion speaks of a creator it speaks of a global flood right and what's that's what it speaks of what's wrong with bill and i just coming out and saying that there are some awesome forces you know the guy you know even if he's not going to kneel down and you know go to the altar and stuff and just hey bill and i give us the give us the science right and then at the end of the day you have to admit there is something 
uh, more powerful at work driving here. force at work here. Yeah, right. yeah. So the so there is the there is the geology awesome. side of it, and uh, I I mean just really kind of too much to get into. I want to say so many different things about that, but uh, there's the geological side of it. Um, there is also there is also this issue of sort of reinterpretation of fossils supposed fossils of ape men on the left is lucy it's an artistic rendering of some bones found in the 1970s by a guy by the name of johansson who wants to strip in god we trust as though this is his decision to make out of our you know national heritage motto whatever you want to call it he says we need to get that off. We need to get that off our dollar bill. The guy who, yeah, the guy who discovered those bones just before his funding ran out. Mm. Those bones that you see on the right. On the right, we see probably what Lucy was, and that's a monkey. Yeah. That's an exhibit in the Creation Museum. It's the same bones. It's the same bones. Look, look, look at this right here. This is what the, on the right is what they're saying Lucy looked like. And on the left is, the, is what they actually found. This happens more than you realize in this so-called science and, and so we could we could spend a whole day just looking at supposed human transitionary fossils and we come up with the same conclusion this is where many of them come from with the exceptions of uh, uh what they call uh, uh homo erectus neanderthal which neanderthal they've now said scientists i'm talking secular scientists say neanderthal is human they got his dna they said it's human so so you have things like this you have a, a reinterpretation by the way, when they first came up with, with Lucy and all of that, Johansson broke the pelvic bone and he reshaped it to make it look like she walked more upright. Uh, and he added, you see, there's no hands on the fossils. They added human hands and feet there you just go. because they didn't have the hands and the feet. A little so, artistic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just a little. There. Yeah. Talk about a dangerous so changing like what a term means yeah. like today like you just really don't want to come in contact with a homo erectus you know what i mean it's just <laughs> i have no words Go the I, other I have way. no words i have no words yeah. my poor audience um and so so that's that's another whole issue there that that's another reason i don't believe in evolution <laughs> i don't think they've proven it i think the fossil record would look like star wars and quite frankly it doesn't you don't see anything but what we have you've called you got this thing called the cambrian explosion <laughs> you would find wookies down there Wookie. and you don't okay here's reason number three soft tissue in dinosaur bones yes soft tissue in dinosaur bones they can't be millions of years old they can't be a hundred thousand years old all right this is a 60 minutes piece. What happened next? This is an evolutionary scientist mistake. right here. Mary put some fragments of the bone in acid to dissolve away the outermost layer of mineral. But the acid worked too fast and all the mineral dissolved away. Being a fossil, there should have been nothing left. But there was. Speaking of which, Darwin's and it was a fossil. elastic, like living tissue. This is the piece. <gasps> no. She showed us video she took under the microscope. That's really what happened? Yes. That's the dinosaur yeah. bone? Without mineral now. That's what was left. It looked like the soft tissue she would have expected to find if it had been modern bone. This was impossible. This bone was 68 million years old. So you see this and you think, what? You say, I didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> you'd be ridiculed, yes. right? And so I, I said to my technician, okay, do it again. I don't believe it. And yet, in sample after sample, they were there. Things that looked suspiciously like flexible, transparent blood vessels. She finally mustered the courage to tell Jack. She said she dissolved the bone away and there were blood vessels. And, you know, I was like, shocked. I mean, How could that be? How could that be? That's right. The things Mary was finding inside dinosaur bones. Look at that blood vessels, and even what seem to be intact cells pose a radical challenge to the existing rules of science. Okay, so, I, I, you know, I, I have no words at this point. I mean, like, you're going to try to tell me that these dinosaur bones, they're finding soft tissue. By the way, they're finding it like crazy in dinosaur bones now. So this is was from like 2006. They're finding soft tissue. You know, they, they got to rehydrate it, do their little thing they do to it. 
It cannot be. Millions and millions of it, years It old. cannot be. It's an insult to my intelligence to tell me. And I'm sorry. It is an insult to my intelligence to tell me those bones are millions of years old. All right? And so you say, well, what about carbon-14 dating? Well, you know, what, 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 about, uh, what about carbon-14 dating? What about the other dating, you know, different things that they do? Potassium-argon dating with rocks. Okay, there's these things. Potassium-argon inherits molecules. It, in, it has inherent molecules. And here's a perfect a reason of why this is a flawed dating method. I've got several examples up on the screen right here. Mount St. Helens. Uh, Mount St. Helens. Fresh igneous rock, Right? It should only date to, you know, whenever they did the test, 20 years old, you know, back if they did it in the 90s or early 2000s. It dated to 350,000 years. Basalt from Hawaii, same thing. They knew it was fresh. Dated to 1.4 million years old. And the list goes on and on and on of this kind of stuff. By the way, the same thing happens with carbon-14 dating. The same thing. The same thing. It's a flawed system of dating. And I'm not talking about the kind of dating, you know, where you met your spouse online. That's not the kind of dating I'm talking about. These are methods that scientists Farmers.com. <laughs> These are methods that scientists use to say how old something is, right? And so one of the problems with carbon four date, 14 dating is that it is obviously flawed because they're basing it on principles, and you don't know the inherent values when you start. You don't know, as evidenced in some of the tests that I showed you. Now, you can look some of this stuff up on your own and have a field day. Look all day at it. Look at, look at carbon-14 dating and why it's so flawed. Look at, look at potassium-argon dating. Look at some of this stuff. Look it up. Don't just take my word for it. You know how they attribute millions of years, by the way? That, you know how they do it? They can't, in theory, carbon-14 dating, the, the, the oldest it could possibly go is like 40,000 years. Really? It's the oldest it can go. It, it cannot possibly date something older than that. So the reason they get millions of years is because they're not, they're not using carbon-14 dating on the dinosaur skeletons, on the dinosaur soft tissue that they're from. They're not using carbon-14 on it. They're dating it by the, the, the ages that they've already attributed to the rock layers. Mm. It's sort of an established, you know... Scale of measuring. Yeah, a scale of measuring. Dating dating that's sort of been, you know, widely accepted in the scientific community based on these principles that I'm telling you. And so they've come up with the craziest bill. Explain to me in my rational human brain, Bill Nye, in addition to why you're supporting some of the crazy stuff that you're supporting today and setting a terrible example for our children. Explain to me why there is soft tissue in bones that are 60 million years old, 120 million years old. It's impossible. It can't happen. And they said it right on, right on 60 minutes. They said it. This is shaking up our established scientific belief system. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. And so this is just a little snapshot. I could go on and on and on and tell you why I think evolution isn't true. Why, why the earth is not billions of years old. Why the earth was once covered in a global flood. Evolutionists believe that the earth was covered in six floods because what you see in those layers is basically these, these sharp breaks, which would be more indicative of a catastrophic, one catastrophic event with different tsunamis, different waves coming in. That's what it would be more indicative of than some kind of gradual, what they call a tranquil, six tranquil floods that they have no mechanism for, Drew. They've got literally no mechanism. What, what caused it? I mean, at least, at least young earth creationists and people who believe in one global flood and Noah's Ark and this kind of stuff can say, look, it was a catastrophic event. It was a global event. It was plate tectonics. There was lots of volcanism that was causing these tsunamis globally, worldwide. It was crazy, right? We have a mechanism for it. By the way, one of the other interesting tidbits is that the flood was the mechanism for the Ice Age. Don't know if you ever thought about that. Right. But we have a mechanism for an Ice Age. They've got no mechanism for anything. 
I smell a challenge coming on. Oh, it's it's a huge challenge. But but the thing is, he's been he's been presented with this information. Oh, but he categorically rejects it. That's right. Because he's pushing an ideology and a religion. So that's what I want to close with. Okay, I want to close with this idea that evolution is really a religion, and it's something that is received. <clears throat> it's received by faith. This is a statement by Charles Darwin. He admits what I've already said on this podcast, by the way, or admitted. He's six feet under now. Right. Probably not with Jesus. But just in proportion at this process of extermination, excuse me, yes, extermination, has acted on an enormous scale. Okay, he's talking about extinct creatures. So must the number of intermediate varieties. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm just really been out of shape over this one, Nick. He's talking about missing links, which have formerly existed on the earth, truly enormous. They must be enormous, Darwin thought. Why then is is it not every geological formation and every stratum full of such missing links why he's he's acknowledging that they're not there this is an origin of the species geology assuredly does not reveal any such finely graduated organic chain look at what he says here geology assuredly does not reveal geology does not reveal evolution and this is from darwin in origin of the species and this perhaps is the most obvious and gravest objection which can be urged against my theory the explanation lies as i believe in the extreme imperfection of the geologic record what on earth is going on there basically he's blaming the evidence yeah i mean the biggest problem evolution has is the evidence there is none it's in origin of the species. It's in your Bible, evolutionists. It's in your Bible. Let's just look at the evidence. What does Darwin say? That's what Darwin says. All right. Another little, you know, point in fact. It's this principle of uniformity. I want to show you why you believe in a religion as an evolutionist, okay? Darwin, Darwin was clearly religious. He accepted by faith his premises, even though he didn't have evidence for them. And now today we have this principle of uniformity. This is basically it's it's a it's an under it's an undergirding principle for evolution, uh, evolutionary ideology, ev- evolutionary religious practice. In geology, the doctrine this is what uniform uniformity is or uniformitarianism. The doctrine suggesting that Earth's geologic processes acted in the same manner and with essentially the same intensity in the past as they do in the present, and that such uniformity is sufficient to account for all geological change. This principle is fundamental to geologic thinking and underlies the whole development of the science. (laughs) We should put that one in air quotes, of geology. Now I want to show you a definition of religion and tell me, Nick, if you think this sounds like a religion, evolution. Now, a set of beliefs concerning the cause, nature, and purpose of the universe, especially when considered at as the creation of a superhuman agency or agencies, usually involving devotional and ritual observances, uh, maybe we can say the scientific method or current scientific practices, and often uh, containing a moral code. See, we're, we're immoral if we don't do some of the things that Bill suggests or others suggest today. Governing the conduct of human affairs. Number two, a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number person of, we just talked about one, uniformity. It's a specific fundamental set of, it's an underguiding belief that you can't prove. You can't prove uniformity. There's no way to do it. Saying that it's always, the, geo, the geologic processes we see today, I'm sorry, I'm going to go out on a limb here. The geologic processes we see today did not form the Grand Canyon. I know it's I know it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. The body, uh, here we go, continuing the definitions of religion. The body of persons adhering to a particular set of beliefs or practices, the practice of religious beliefs, ritual observance of faith. I think we can agree that evolutionists practice rituals. Something one believes and follows devout, I love this one, devotedly. A point of matter of ethics or conscience. You tell me evolutionists aren't devoted to what they teach and what they practice, despite evidence to the contrary. They even have schools of thought called this public school system. 
and academics where they're teaching our kids from the time they're wee little babies that they're really animals. And we wonder why we see stuff like we saw at the Grammys. It's because of what's being taught to our kids from the time that they're born. And Bill, I have major concerns about you and about evolution being taught to our children. Because last time I checked, God in the Bible gave us the freedoms we have today. They gave us the culture that, that uh, brought about the, the scientific revolution, that brought about the enlightenment, all these different things for us. And when we move away from God and his narrative, as we see it in scripture, I think then we're really in trouble. What do you think about this, Drew? So there was a debate uh, back in 2014 where Bill Nye debated um, a creationist, Seventh-day creationist, um, Ham? The guys, yeah, Ham. It was Ken Ham. Yes, Ken, Ken Ham. Ken Ham. And, you know, NPR, NPR, another uh, operative-funded uh, outfit, right? Um, they they kind of had some kind of internal debate. Who do you think won this uh, this debate? There was internal discussion, sorry. And, uh, you know, a lot of people said, hey, Bill and I looked like he was never at a loss for a word. That's why he won. And I think one of the problems is that um, creationists – Godly people always fight the debate on the evolutionist terms. Yeah. Right. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah. So don't we do this in culture in general? We do I mean, this we in fight. Culture. We're fighting on the devils with his. He's made the rules, and we're Bingo. abiding by them as Christians, Bingo. and wondering why we're losing the war, the culture so war. So nobody ever asked the evolutionist, "Hey, explain how you're moved by the Holy Spirit." You know? Yeah. Try to get them. So th this is this is my suggestion: is when when we go to have these debates, you know, try to get them to fight on our own home turf. Yeah. Okay. I remember being in college course one time, and we were studying uh, Nietzsche, right? And Nietzsche, th there's a quote. I'm I'm paraphrasing here uh, about being baptized in the spirit of Dionysus, Dionysus, Greek god of, <laughs> yeah. you know, wine, women, and song, right? So they, he, was, they were, he was Hitler's idol. Right. Yeah, they were Nishi. talking about how to create the Ubermunch, yeah. right? Yeah. The Ubermunch, the, the superhuman. Yeah. Ubermen. Ubermen, right. That, that's translation. Just, just translating for the peeps out there. There you go. Right. So... Um, Which what, means what, super, what, Superman, basically. Superman. Yeah, Superman. What, what Nietzsche was trying to say is you have to ex uh, shed these uh, uh, aesthetic, man-made... Um, thoughts in order to be uh, obtain superhuman thought process right yeah. so and and when i wrote my paper back on it i think i got an f because i was like well you know nietzsche used the the buzzword baptized they said well he wasn't baptized in the holy spirit he wasn't baptized in faith so how can somebody possibly conceive shedding yeah what they called man-made. Yeah, the, the irony man is he was either a pastor's kid or a pastor's grandkid. I can't remember pastors. which. Pastors. Maybe both. He, he might have had a dad and a pastor. Seriously. So he kid, used the buzzword man-made, yeah. meaning like we created. Yeah, I think Nietzsche Nietzsche's, um, <clears throat> believed that one of the, the, the greatest like defect that happened to yeah. humanity was being influenced even by the Plato's view of the eternal non-material that's right soul yeah. right and you know in in this idea of you know he hated the stoics he hated any idea of virtue that's right and so but here's a great question though with nietzsche nietzsche's pushing this a beyond good and evil he's pushing this idea like forget about this morality it's just about evolution you know uh, and the strong survive and the weak die what is it that causes Nietzsche's mind to snap is he sees somebody beat their horse. And when he sees it, his mind snaps and he ends his last 11 years in an insane asylum. Right. I think that what it was is, is like, yeah, that's not right. Like you shouldn't do that. Yeah. It didn't fit with his ideology, but I mean the, the Bible I think really makes a lot of things clear. When you accept oh, and embrace yeah. it by faith, the, the origin of sin and death. The Bible explains why the guy was beating his horse. Because, yeah. because of sin. Yeah. Because of sin. And it, <laughs> right? and, and it explains the homo sapien. Yeah, right. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? It explains people. Yeah. And that's where evolution yeah. fails. And why is it only the human being right, that right. has this, yeah. you know, cognitive, rational right. soul? So no other I, I'm going to end with this. And I, I just want to, this is, this is my, this is my idea. My, my punchline for the whole thing, right? Teach creation science in public schools. 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 Teach creation science. Teach creation science. It should at least, it should at least have a shot next to evolution. And this stuff, like a lot of other things, should stop me and shove down our kids' throats each and every day. And we, and, and we wonder, we look at Nietzsche. We look at Charles Darwin. And I can tell you one guy, I can tell you a couple guys that were very influenced by Darwin, one that was influenced by both Darwin and Nietzsche, Hitler and Stalin. Two guys right there. Two guys right there. And Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor. Probably. So teach creation, science, and public schools. Did you have something else you wanted to share there? I just wanted to add one more thing. You look like you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, I, was. I don't want to leave you hanging. I was. I, I kind of borrowed this from my son. He's making his confirmation. Your son making a confirmation too this year? Uh my son made his last year. Okay. So I, I borrowed this. Uh, this is gifts of the Holy Spirit defined. And wisdom is one of them. So just the definition. Wisdom is not the same as having information and facts. Wisdom gives us the ability to think mm. deeply about the situation or the problem and make the best decision from the information we have. Wisdom helps us see the Holy Spirit's eyes. That vision helps us discover God. Uh, God's will, I'm sorry, so that we can make the decision that will be best for everybody. Kind of wow. tied into Perfect, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, a little shout out to Luca there. And yeah. uh, in evolutionists, in Luca Luca, Luca, Luca evolutionist case, you're missing both wisdom and the facts. Bingo. <laughs> so, Bingo. Uh, we love you in Jesus. I'm going to uh, close things out. But first, we've got a word from our sponsor coming up here in a second, as soon as I can find it. I know I got it here somewhere. It's a I've already told you about my recent trip to the Middle East and the real Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia. But what you may not know is that you can experience these things for yourself. And it's all made possible through our friends and ministry partners at DiscoveredSinai.com, where Andrew Jones and his team will take you on an adventure of biblical proportions to places like Noah's Ark, the Pyramids of Egypt, the real Mount Sinai and Red Sea crossing site, the Split Rock of Horeb, Elijah's Cave, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Jerusalem. I can't emphasize enough just how in incredible this opportunity is it will be life-changing for you and your family and here's the cool part you can do the whole tour or just book the individual things you'd like to see and the prices are amazingly reasonable for this all-inclusive spiritual experience book your tour today at discoveredsinai.com well um we're kind of closing out here i just wanted to give a real quick uh, shout out again to our co-hosts of the day nick nolfi thank you for coming out my friend and uh drew carchetti so remember the godly patriot podcast and uh the cool water bottle there along with the catholic ocd podcast check those out I on, have nothing you, on this cup on youtube he's got <laughs> you had something in the cup a minute ago yeah but uh but i wanted to give you an opportunity if if you're hearing about some of this stuff for the first time and you know, you, you look, you, who's this raving maniac talking about some of this stuff? Look, I got a kid out there, you know, in the public school system out there in the world. I want him to be okay. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm coming from on some of that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, what I want for you is I want you to know that the Bible is 100% true and you can believe in it. I've been studying this thing for 25 years, uh, got an advanced degree. You can trust the Bible as it is. You can trust it. And if you want to come to know God or deepen your relationship with God, um, I want to encourage you to do that. G start going to a church. Start start uh, listening to some, some Bible-preaching church pastor who's going to teach you about the Word of God, uh, and it will change your life. It changed my life many years ago. If you don't know Christ, the Bible says all you have to do is, is actually just ask Him and he will come in. He will change you. He will change your life. This Holy Spirit that we've been talking about here, God gives you his Holy Spirit to live in your heart forever. You become born again, and then you receive the sign of baptism. So God changes you. I want to encourage you to accept Christ. All you got to do is say these words. Again, the Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will, receive, will be saved. If you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans ten nine. Just say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I believe in the Bible. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to take a step of faith with you today. I ask that you change me on the inside. Give me your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you died for my sins and that you were raised again three days later, God. I ask you to come in, 
change me today so that I can live for you tomorrow. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you did say that prayer, God changed you. You may not realize it. It may not have felt like something, but it was something I encourage you, and I want to encourage you again. Get plugged into a church. If you did say that prayer, leave me a message so I can celebrate with you. You just joined the family of God, and we're super excited. But again, checking out here. We love you. Uh, I hope that this has been informational for you. I hope the facts that I've presented today will bring about wisdom in your life, especially if you're from a differing viewpoint, because uh, I, I really hope to see you come to know the Bible and God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, in a greater way, today and always. Peace.